Welcome to our new bonus series, What's Up With You? Oh, damn. This is your host, Nick and Muriel. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, make sure to check out regular Hella In Your 30s episodes. They drop every Monday. That's right. But today, all we're going to be doing is asking, what's up with you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay, here's the deal. Yeah. We're in quarantine. We're, all, we're in lockdown right. in LA. And it's we're Corona tired of times. talking to each other. Yeah, we talk to each other every day, all day. So we need friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we're going to start hitting you guys with these uh, bonus episodes where we talk to other people. You know what I mean? That's right. I'm very excited. All right. Well, I feel like kicking this off. Okay. Um, <laughs> we came up with this name, What's Up With You, about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> now I'm feeling like it sounds very 90. <laughs> What's up with you? Oh, uh, isn't that a Saturday Night Live sketch? What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sketch. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Nicholas. Yes. <laughs> What's up with you, baby? <laughs> well, we are recording this well before this episode will air. It's 111 degrees outside currently, and all I want to do is get in the hammock and have you spray me down with water and then see how long I stay out there and it feels good. I know. that's a, I, It's very funny. I, we've been talking about this for a couple of days, and I, I'm not, I'll i do it. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what it'll do for you. I don't know. That's just what's up with me. You know? I think I it like might be that. nice. Sorry, no judging. It's no okay. Judging. Well, what's up with you? Um, I am currently drinking a lot of water Yeah, and, uh, I have been Googling and I think I have, uh, some mild form of celiac disease. <laughs> Great. Uh, so, you know, that's what's up with you. That's what's up with me. We're good at this. We're interviewing people too bad. We're recording this all out of whack. And actually this episode that's about to air, uh, doesn't even have Muriel in it guys. It's just going to be me. I have to go out of town. So <laughs> Uh, we're going to be uh, recording all of our intros together and yes. then I will silently slip away and then you will be in the hands of the madness that is Nick's mind. And today our guests are our good friends and loves Dunbar Dix and Jenna Terezi. They're the co-hosts of The List Show. You can find that podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hilarious, wonderful people uh, living right here in Los Angeles. So excited to have them on the show. Here's me with Dunbar and Jenna. And then, and then she was like, you better not fucking interrupt me all the time. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my it's God. Like, I have to say it sometimes. I'm like, I'm not done talking. You have to shut the fuck up for a second. Well, it was the way I was raised, being white and all. And just to scream over someone else's point. <laughs> yeah. No, Is, I don't want to. <laughs> how's your guys' communication going with uh, being locked in together all the damn time these days? Has it gotten better or has it taken a hit? It's honestly, we have pretty good communication. It's more like, um, especially when he's working, I, I'm so used to having his attention all the time. Now. So it's so like so she got used to it. And so it was like months of him not working. And then now I'm like, hey, do you like me? Am I pretty? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, fucking yes, you're fine. On Saturday, I was like, desperately i do i'm a i'm a story producer story editor uh i work in in post a lot now uh yeah. obviously had a comedy background before uh uh and so i got a bunch of footage and you know when sometimes you get the footage and it's kind of not what we really want it to ultimately be in the outcome so you have to like really construct the thing and it's super tedious and takes forever yeah yeah 
And I was like, it was like 7 p.m. and I already, I wanted to be done hours ago. And I was just like cutting to try and get them a cut so I could get notes today. And uh, Jenna kept coming in and being like, do you like me? And I was like, <laughs> leave. <laughs> I was, Meryl and I were snuggling on the couch, literally loving each other. Like couldn't be more showing how much we liked each other. And she goes, do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that it's not just us because it's all the fucking time. We joke that if um, if there were FBI agents like recording us and listening yeah. to us, it would just be us asking each other if we like each other <laughs> and us talking about our dog's poops, being like, he had some popcorn. Yeah. And I it's think he got into hard. something that's like plastic. I'm feeling some plastic. Oh no. Hey, Albert is a full grab and feel, so <laughs> I don't you got to. I don't, but he yeah. You gotta know what's going on in there. Sometimes uh, it's like literally a full Q tip. Like it just went through his hole. <laughs> like his you know, I, at first I was like, I would never do that. But actually thinking about what kind of weird stuff you might find, I might <laughs> pull the Jurassic Park when he puts his whole arm in the thing. <laughs> yeah. all in. It's the same uh, appeal. Uh, I also remember in some, I think it was, what was it? Beethoven, the movie with the great St. Bernard or whatever. Yeah. And the kids were like trying to find him because he was lost or whatever. And they came across a poop and one of the kids touched it and it was still warm. And that's how they knew he was close, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, listen, <laughs> I it, remember that and yeah. I think about it all the time. Like yeah. it's, it's warm. He's close. They did that in uh, George of the jungle. Another <laughs> classic, classic Brendan Fraser. So if you're being chased, definitely make sure you blow on your poops. So yes. a little colder. Uh, <laughs> So they don't know that you're just take the extra five minutes. That's what that that's the moral. There's, the yeah. There's gotta be some conspiracy theorist dude who's just like making like frigidaire underwear or something, just like poop <laughs> through a dry ice tube or whatever. I got a goddamn dry ice. You gotta uh, have to make sure you have your dry ice before the time comes. Yeah, right. You won't be able to get it after because everybody's gonna be chilling there. But it can't be too frozen because if it's a rock hard poop, then they'll know you were just here. Yeah, they'll be like, this person's freezing their poops. He's somewhere. We're going to get them. Um, did you guys? What else did they do? Hey, was your dog one like when you guys, because you guys are working, you're busy people, you're running around all the time, and then suddenly Corona hits, you're in the house all the time. Was How did your dog react to suddenly you guys being there all the time? exhausted he, he i think at first because i actually stopped working right before corona hit and so i was already home so we were getting we were bonding and yeah. then dunbar started working from home um so i worked I, from home for like the first two months and then got laid off but that is more gig economy stuff than anything else right yeah so he was so excited that we were both home because yeah. it was just me for a while now he is so over it. Yeah. He is like so tired of it. And we know this. Blankets. We know this because we had a Furbo, like a dog, uh, was it camera? So it was a little thing and it like threw treats at him. And it's so like a camera that you can like get on your phone and see how lonely and miserable your dog is without you because that's all it is. It's just we would just get on our phones and be like, what's Woody doing? And, and it's him screaming. So <laughs> sad. So we had one and we used it for yeah, a couple yeah. months. And 
we, you know, we caught him a couple of times, you know, balling up the blankets and humping them. And we were like, oh, he's just letting it all out. Now he does it right in front of us. So yeah. we used to only do it when we weren't home. Yeah, and yeah. now he'll drag the blanket from here, uh, knock shit over and just like go to town. So I think he's like, every once in a while, we're like, he needs some time by himself. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and let alone. him go. But like the other day you had left. And so when either one of us leave, it's, he's so depressed and he just like parks himself at the door yeah. and stares at the yeah. surviving member <laughs> as if they've done something to him or what did you do to her to make her leave? Yeah, yeah. right. And then uh, the other day she had gone to go uh, social distance with a friend and uh, I were doing a bunch of like, we have a list of things that we haven't gotten to yet. And that we keep adding to it, you know, apartment chores and, and like, oh, I need to reorganize this or do this. Right now I'm building a bench for our kitchen. Okay. To make our kitchen a little, this is my fucking psychosis. Uh, I was going to say, we have a list. It's his list. It's his list. I don't have a list. I'm like just watching YouTube all day. I'm, not, I'm fine, but he's like, we need to like organize these cords. Yeah. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Um, so anyway, we uh, I left, and all I heard when I left was like him frantically clawing at the door and barking. The yeah. whole time I like walk out of our apartment, go out, go back into parking. I can hear him like in the apartment just leaving. right. But it's good for him. Yeah, right. He's just like, do you guys like me? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, we're all the, just as insecure as each other. Yeah, He's right. As insecure as we are. <laughs> he gets it from us. He's he so does. Lady. I think his anxiety was directly transferred from me. The like, funny thing is, is that like, in terms of our romantic life, we have to like, he is so aggressive at getting in between us. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, if we are like cuddling on the bed, he yeah. will like jump on the bed and like climb on top of us back and forth. We have to edge him out. He needs to be in between us. Oh my God. It's not like he's okay with just me. He's okay with just him. He wants to be touching us both. Yeah. Seeing us both. Yeah. So like if he were, he's kind of over us right now. So, he's, <laughs> so But if he could, he would be right here yeah. shoved underneath both of our arms. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. Well, uh, your guys, Woody is just like, I've never, cause like, you know, I didn't, I knew Dunbar through Muriel kind of, yeah. and I didn't, you know, you were a guy and you were funny and loud and whatever. And then I came over to your guys' house and you were just like, so sweet with this dog. I was like, <laughs> Oh, people contain multitudes. You know? <laughs> You were like, who's that funny, loud asshole, Muriel? Why did you invite him? To oh, but he's so sweet. He's so dude. sweet. Um, he's, if you can see, he's right there. Oh, he's my gosh. Right there on the wall. Look at that picture wall. Beautiful. Thank um, you so much. But, um, yeah. Okay, so you guys are engaged. Yes. We are. Um, and your wedding has been postponed because of COVID-19. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Twice. Twice. Wow. Yeah. So... I, I mean, I guess my assumption would be that's somewhat devastating. And then my next assumption would be, you'd be like, ooh, there are some silver linings going on here. Yeah, yeah. to both yeah. of those. I yeah. think that we, we accelerated to the silver lining part. The first time it happened, the first time we postponed it, 
it was like we were it literally i was working she was at home she had just left her job and i we were in the middle of like you need to go to the grocery store and get a bunch of food because remember like how apocalyptic it was yeah for sure in la those first yeah. few weeks it, yeah. and it was raining which we also don't know how to understand yet yeah in right Los Angeles. so yeah, yeah. it was like eight o'clock in the morning in early march and he like shoved me awake he's like i have to go to work you go to the grocery store so <laughs> yeah. i got like beet pasta just anything Whatever boxed and so yeah we started eating it we're like this we finally ate the beet pasta <laughs> six months later <laughs> it's not good but um it was like there was no toilet paper i just remember yeah. the grocery store and there being like no toilet paper no paper towels no hand sanitizer and i'm right. like and then not prepared the nba canceled their season mm -hmm. and yeah Disneyland closed and we yeah. were like oh it's for real for real yeah. so we made the decision super early on in March to because we were supposed to get married in August August yeah. 8th and we were like we're there's no way we don't think that this is going to be gone mm -hmm. um, my stepmom just finished chemo his mom is also a breast cancer survivor so yeah. we were like that's no, we're not putting them through that. They no. would both have to fly. It's not, there's no way. Like, even if m miraculously this was gone, we don't yeah. think it's safe for them to travel anyways, let alone on top of this virus. So we pushed, um, but we ended up making, you know, weekend of it. It was supposed to be August 8th. So that weekend we like left. Yeah, well, we, we like, it. The, we pushed before everything shut down. So like yeah. the Friday when the NBA shut down, we called our wedding planner and building, she's no longer our wedding planner now, but our, uh, our venue slash wedding planning person. And she was like, well, blah, blah, blah. And Jenna was just of the right mind to be like, we're pushing this until May of next year. Yeah. And Dunbar was like, October? maybe like later in August. <laughs> I was yeah. like, no, three yeah. weeks isn't going right. to change it. Yeah. Right. So we ended up that weekend, we, um, we, we like had a nice trip and we drove up the coast and brought our dog and it was very lovely and yeah. we celebrated the day and kind of were like, at like one o'clock would be like, what are we, what would we be doing right now if we were getting married, you know, yeah. and then we were thinking about it, which was fun. And then our <laughs> wedding planner, the Wednesday after that weekend. Well, hold on. You're missing oh, sorry, a clear sorry. point, which is you, yeah. we got calls from our wedding planner, like as we were driving up the coast on the weekend we were supposed to get married. Yeah. We were like, oh, that's nice. She's probably calling us to like say, hey, I know you were supposed to get married this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we were like, we'll call her when we get back in town. So <laughs> she's really pushing it. And we're like, damn, Alicia, like relax. Cause she's kind of like cuckoo anyway. Sure, wedding planner um, vibes. Yeah, she'd be like, guess what I'm doing? And we were like, we don't care. Right. <laughs> Just Does it cost money? Yeah, leave yeah. us alone. <laughs> So she she's like, I need to call you. So we're like, okay. And we get on the phone and she's just like, so uh, the York is closing and I'm refunding everyone their money. And, and I have to do it in 30 days before like the owners of the building get their hands on the funds or something. Mm. And so. she was like, I put in my notice. I don't want them to mess with your money. Um, so I'm going to write a check. And we were like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay so we had moved it from august 8th to may 2020 yeah and now so we got our refund yeah 
and now we're just hanging fast and loose like we don't have right. any plans yeah it's yeah weird to book stuff to sure do. yeah hey people are dying let's spend we'll five grand on election it. to see how fast this is going to clear up <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I think ultimately it comes down to like who's in charge of getting the country reopened it's uh, yeah it's it it definitely feels weird and yeah. everyone is doing this thing where they're like just go to a chapel and just like quietly <laughs> get married yeah and both of us are not interested in that <laughs> yeah. at all and yeah. everyone says it like you should just save the money and like yeah hello. right but Dunbar and I have lived together for almost three years we've been engaged for two we've been together for four we share everything together almost four. <clears throat> almost four <laughs> relax um <laughs> We share everything. We share our finances. Like we cook for each other. We have our dog. We share each other's cars. Like what difference is, what fucking difference does it make? The difference. Taxes. The taxes. But the difference for us was the wedding and bringing everyone together and having our families meet. It wasn't for me to say, this is my husband and him to say, this is my wife. Yeah. It was the wedding of it because yeah. the marriage we're already in right at least we feel right. like it yeah. yeah so it felt weird for us to because we would be like okay well like let's just go to santa barbara but my sister will never speak to me again if i don't invite her <laughs> you invite your mom but if you're inviting your mom i have to invite my mom She'll and if i'm inviting my mom i have to invite my stepmom then it right. just yeah. would always blossom into like a wedding yeah so, right totally yeah, yeah i mean so we haven't done a lot Muriel and I uh, didn't realize how powerful the actual ritual aspect of it would be until we were in the middle of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we like there is something incredibly powerful about you know the vows and and mm-hmm. being surrounded by people who you love and trust and feel connected to more than anyone else in the world and making this new vow with someone that you went out into the world and to find. You know what I mean? I totally relate yeah. to that. I mean, our, we had like a very small ceremony, like in a park and um, a judge came and did it. And in some ways it felt like small and elopey or whatever, but it wasn't because yeah. it's this, the same thing. I like let my cousins know and my aunts and uncles who live across the country, like, well, we're going to do this small little thing. Like you definitely don't have to come. And literally everyone was like, we'll be there. Like we're going yeah. to that. You know? <laughs> no one wanted, yeah. you know, everyone wanted to be there and it ended up being really special, special. And the, the doing it, with your family component of it um, is was life-changing for us. So I totally relate to why you want that. And I think it just comes down to like, for us, I was probably more depressed about the wedding, us losing the venue and the wedding getting moved than Jenna was. Jenna Mm -hmm. was like, whatever. I'm older. So, you know, I'm closer to death's door. Mm, Uh, Nice. But um, (laughs) I I probably suffer from the more like, I just want to be married to you feelings than Jenna does. Like Mm -hmm. we're already kind of in it, but I think that um, uh, it just knowing what we want, it helps a ton. Yeah. And, you know, look, if this thing doesn't look like it's going to clear up in a year, you know, from now, we may change our minds. Yeah. But for right now, it's like worth it to us to like do everything in the time frame, you know, uh, with Yeah. Everything. 
I mean, I could absolutely see why in these kind of like trying times going ahead and doing like a small court thing just to get the legal, the taxes, whatever, all that kind of stuff, you know, for health insurance and just who knows what's going right. to, you know, I, you know, I do think that there's like maybe a benefit to doing that in the short term, you know, and then you're married and you have all the legal, you know, privileges that that comes with. Yeah. And then I don't know you know, bringing the family together and really, you know, saying your vows to each other or something. I mean, I, I personally could imagine why something like that might make sense. But I mean, Muriel and I are, we're not facing a marriage thing, but just in terms of planning for the future on these like shifting sands, it feels yeah. impossible. Yeah. You know, it feels like a joke to, well, you don't know, you feel like, stone and to go forward with. Yeah, like, don't you feel like there's this, especially in LA and being in the entertainment industry, there's this little, like, you're hoping that the most positive outcome, this is going to sound really shitty, but I think it's true, is that there's an attrition happening to people that were on the fence about whether or not they were going to stay in LA and continue to pursue this. Yeah. And that, like, there's that part of us that is like, let's just, I'm in the middle of career shifts and and still trying to work as a comedy writer uh you know i i oftentimes uh, refer to myself as a failed comedian publicly <laughs> yeah right, right yeah. <laughs> um you know and writing a bunch uh and that's been super productive during covid yeah um, uh but i think that it's like the other side of it is like let's just move to denver and yeah. Atlanta. Yes. We're having a lot of those conversations. Yeah, we are too. Why the fuck for are sure. we doing this? And what we want really ultimately is all of our friends to say the same <laughs> and city. And then we all the move time. together. <laughs> yeah, it's like that uh, that improv game where you look down and look up at your look up into each other's eyes and say the same thing. It's like one, two, three, three. Let's move to Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because yeah. I'm from the South and my family's on yeah. the East Coast, Atlanta. I yeah. grew up three hours from Atlanta. That always sounds enticing. Nashville sounds enticing, even though the, it's a way more conservative than we are personally. Yeah. Like, so we're just constantly there. But then there's that other conversation. You're like balancing two things. It's like, but yeah, like what a lot of people do? are fucking <laughs> yeah. leaving town. What will we do? And like when things start to open back up, will there be less will people be less will there be less competition for right. things and right. will people be less interested in like making that huge leap of moving to los angeles because i think the one thing that is very clear about the industry not to talk too much about the industry is that it there's a there was already a decentralization happening yeah and now that's getting accelerated yeah um uh, because of COVID, because people are able to work from home and, and stuff. So, I mean, I already know that like editors, friends of mine are like, I can fucking work from home. This has all been a lie. I don't have to be, sit in my car for two hours every day. I can come in three days a week and like when we have to do episode deliveries. But uh, other than that, I can work from home and do things, you know, right. episodes from there. Like what, why, why do we have to do this? So there is that element of it. Um, there's also, you know, the element of, in terms of planning for the future, I don't know where you guys live, but we were like, we'll go on Zillow and look at the houses around us and we're like, yep. no, right. <laughs> yeah. we can't afford a two and a half million dollar 
two bedroom <laughs> yeah, right. tiny house down the street. It's a real we love where we live, but yeah. there's no way we could afford to buy. And then, you know, I talked to my mom and she was like, I, we were like, I don't, you know, kids, I don't know. And she's yeah. like, well, just have them. Don't wait until you can afford it. And I was like, Shit, that's really? terrible advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. listen. So it's part of like, this is expensive. What do we do? And so right. we, to we're be honest, super frugal too. It's like, we don't, we can't, yeah. if we talk about, cause we'll talk about our wedding, we'll talk about the future and then we'll just both get hella quiet yeah hella sad and then we have to like watch a movie and we'll <laughs> yeah, go to bed right. like, yeah so totally watch, i'm like can we watch moana <laughs> he put on moana this morning he yeah. loves moana so much he uh, lo- and then i always cry and so we <laughs> watch it and i'm like yeah you it's, about, change it. it's about finding your true purpose it's, and i watch yeah. it and i go oh I wish I knew my true purpose. Yeah, yeah. well, the true purpose thing is weird because like, you know, I mean, I personally have like my goals and aspirations. Like what would my dream job be? Like, why did I move to LA? What's most yeah. exciting? I think about my dream job and I can fantasize about that, right? Sure. And then I think about the wor- the jobs that I would have to get to kind of like logically get to this place, right? And the reality of is, is most of those like stepping stone jobs outside of hopefully going in the right direction, which no one can really be sure of in this town, mm-hmm. the, I, those don't satisfy, you know, the, the fire I have within or whatever, right? Yeah, like those yeah. jobs feel like jobs and chores and like on the way to get to this goal, right? And yeah. then in terms of like, well, what would we do if we moved somewhere else? You know, when we start brainstorming some of those ideas, what we're discovering is some of the core like skills and talent and strengths that some other, you know, possible jobs in other cities outside of the industry would actually call upon, what we would actually need to do to be successful in those jobs actually call upon many of the same skills and, you know, strengths and, and passions that the dream job calls upon, you know, so we're, we're kind of, we're just like dealing with that. Like, well, we actually could open this business or, you know, this particular thing and we'd be creative. Um, we'd have our own autonomy. We'd, um, be able to make, you know, decisions. We could bring our skills to it. We could bring our personalities to it. We could collaborate together on it, you know, and you start to think about that and it's like, I don't know, like, okay, well maybe we should move home or something crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I would hate if you guys moved home, even though we don't hang out. I, I, I just like knowing you're in no, I know. Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, the, um, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the I feel like be I feel like this is like a also somewhat of a generational thing, right? Because like mm-hmm. I think that I'm a, like a an older millennial or Gen Xer, like I'm right on that cusp. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like my career has been that plinko game on Price Is Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I start out and I pick a number of like where <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah. And then I just get knocked around until I land where life wants me to be. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, that's you know? a good, that's a nice metaphor. And I, and I do feel like I have, even in Chicago, at the time I was in Chicago, like I made a lot of sacrifices for like the practical choice. So like I never not, didn't have a, I had friends that were sleeping on couches and like doing comedy until like 3 a.m. Yeah. I could never do that. I always had to have a job. I had so much agitated about it. 
Uh, I was always working. And when I moved here, I traveled for like the first two years I was in LA working as a PA and and as a production coordinator in, in the art department. And like, I was just always panicked about not having work. And when I wasn't working, I was always trying to find work because that anxiety, that agita is there. And it did open a lot of doors, doors for me. And part of me always had the philosophy of like, you got to walk through the doors that open for you and mm-hmm. then take advantage of that. But as I get older, I'm starting to realize like, there are times, it is a balance. There is no one answer. It, there are times where you have to like, put your foot down and go, no, I, this is what I decided to do. This right. is what I want to do. And I have to put myself in a position to do that. And the biggest thing for me is, especially because so many of our ilk people in their uh, late, early 40s, 30s, and late 20s all kind of had the same experience of like gigging a ton and like getting a job and bouncing around from job to job to job to job to job. There are an increasingly set of trap jobs that like suck you in, yeah. promise you opportunity, chew you up, take up all your time and creative energy and, and then spit you yeah. out. Yeah. And like, I feel like I've been fortunate that I've had people who in my career have like been like, you have talent, I'm scooping you up and there's a trade off there. And I've been able to move up very quickly and given a lot of investment by people. And I'm super appreciative of that. I think there are also other jobs that I've done where like, I wake up every morning and be like, I'm not going to quit, but I hope I get fired. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Well, and it's like, I'm working not. fucking 20 hours a day and I'm sweating. I mean, I did, um, I did a show a while ago. I work in, in reality TV and documentary reality TV. And it was, it was a bunch of years ago, but I did a job and I was in like, I was out of town and it was like 10 weeks on the road. And, I was a bait and switch and I was fucking working like 18 hour days every day covered in fucking dirt. Yeah. And I would just wake up every morning at five and like sit outside on the porch of the sunset and be like, I'm not paying for my plane ticket home. <laughs> I hope I get injured. Yeah, right. <laughs> I hope I get injured. Oh my God. I was uh, fall down the stairs. Especially in the entertainment industry. There are trap fucking jobs where people will hire you and go, I'm going to suck you dry. Yeah. Because I'm getting sucked dry most of the time. Right. My boss is fucking piling a bunch of shit on me. I'm going to suck you dry. So your dreams (laughs) die with mine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think like a a big thing that, I mean, I'm looking at you on my note over there. One of our main focuses right now is deciding if if we were to stay in LA yeah. if we're going to stay here it's going to be because we have very very specific goals and like a path forward that we could walk down that path and proudly be like we didn't give up <laughs> like yeah. this yeah. is what we did cuz what was what Muriel and I were doing ended up just like not working for us and by what by what I mean by that is that we were sad, you know, it's sort of like, you know, it's like a a motorcycle, you know how like motorcycle dudes are always like, ride till you die. Right. And you say that. And that's like how I was like, comedy till I die. But what the motorcycle dude is really saying is like, ride until I crash and break my back and can't ride anymore, (laughs) you know? And I like mentally, I broke my back. I was just like, this sucks. You know, I was like, so I, I just did it 
I don't know, like whatever I, the, the choices that we were making and what yeah. I personally was doing, like didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, you know, like I want to well, make sure I know what, re, what, what I would change, how I would do it differently. You know, what for my, you know, what in terms of my old habits I would keep, what I would disregard, what I would trade out, what I would improve upon and what I would just like cut out entirely and then feel really good about that and stay in LA with that vision. Right. And really try to accomplish some specific goals that we're setting. And then I think like, that's the only way we're going to stay in LA is is with that kind of uh, drive and, you know, choice. Yeah. Well, but I think that like, we're talking about the creative life like living a creative life, I think, in, in, in sort of the macro sense. And like, you are, if I was told at 22 in college that most of you will not be in a Broadway show. <laughs> Is that what you're going for, Broadway at 22? Mm-hmm. I was like a big he, music yeah, he's a song and dance man. I play three he, instruments, bro. He, I knew yeah. that, but I realized you were 22 trying to be on Broadway. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that were on Broadway that I yeah. went to college with. Yeah. Um, uh, very good friends. I was in a pretty, was in a non-competitive, I, I didn't feel like it was super competitive, but I, it was very supportive, but also very challenging school. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of our focus was on music. So like, if you graduated, everybody knew like, you could sight read, you can sight sing. You're like, it, the music directors were always like hiring people from our school because we were like, fuck it, bam. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, that sounds so nerdy, but it's true. Uh, and uh, and I've quickly transitioned into comedy because I, I really wanted to, the challenge and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, but get back to my point, it, like living the creative life, like if somebody at 22 was like, oh no, you're going to like be waiting tables in between Broadway show. Even if you make that big success. Yeah there are going to be fallback jobs that you're going to have to take. I listened to an interview today because I'm obsessed with that Cobra Kai show <laughs> for a number of reasons. Like mm-hmm, I'm obsessed mm-hmm. that it is a phenomenon. There are lots of things about it that I'm like, wow, that, how, but anyway, <laughs> okay. uh, I was watching a, a video with Pat Morita and who was there and he was like, Oh yeah. Like before karate kid, I had had a career my career wasn't going well. I was taking any job possible. And he was kind of shading it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But as somebody who has that experience, I could hear him be like, oh, yeah, no, you were a handyman, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were fucking doing, you were, you were the modern day equivalent of like, I'm driving Uber now, but I was on a Netflix show. Yeah, sure, I, sure. That is like it. And I think that it's like, look, Charles Bukowski worked at the post office. I mean, he's a fucking huge asshole, but he worked at the post office. You know, T.S. Eliot was an accountant. Those are poets, but like so many people I know that you and I both know that are six by all accounts outwardly are successful. Yeah. Sometimes they are eating shit and driving Uber. You know, sometimes they're, that is the trade-off you're making. And I think it, there are several tiers from having some notoriety or having an agent and like moving forward and also winning the lottery, which is what we're all kind of doing. Yeah, right. And and the jobs, I think it started in the early 2000s. And I think we just, it's our dumb luck. But those jobs of like working actors, working comedians Mm -hmm. who like are able to pay the bills, have a house, have a car payment, raise a family, 
subsisting off of those mid-level bookings, yeah, it's not our fault. It's they've disappeared. They've disappeared. And if you even look at like, I was, um, we don't have cable, but my family does. So when I was (laughs) visiting them, uh, they watched a lot of Food Network and it's like Guy Fieri's supermarket games. And then there's like a commercial for Amy Schumer's new Food Network show. And she is by all accounts, a famous comedian and she's had movies and she's had shows and she's got to do a fucking Food Network show, (laughs) you know? Like, it's not like, I don't know. What I was thinking about earlier, um, I'm younger than both of you. Uh, What? Thanks for You're so old, sweetie. (laughs) Old as shit. Um, So I have it. Old as shit, Dunbar. Old as shit. I love you so much. I don't know. What kind of name is that? 1920? (laughs) Okay, sorry. Go ahead. What, Dunbar? It's Scottish. It's from a different century. Okay. Uh. Yeah. But I, you know, have only really had three jobs outside of college. All three of them. One was working minimum wage at a retail store. One was working as a front desk person at a comedy theater, which I was like, I'm here. I've yeah, made yeah. it. And it was terrible. Yeah. And then I went a completely different route and I started to work at a luxury furniture gallery, which was also shitty so i've seen three completely different kinds of like shitty people i worked in customer service and i'm like no closer to where i quote want to be but i have this conversation with myself every day i'm like i don't even know what it is yeah all i know is the feeling that i have when i like what i'm doing and my whole life i never like had someone well i'm not trying to get mushy or anything but (laughs) i've never had someone like believe in me so much as Dunbar does yeah he's like so invested so cute he's so invested in like me finding happiness not necessarily in a job but in anything that I'm doing so like even if it's um I used to really love hosting I was hosting graduation shows for people at the second city and I remember loving doing that yeah but also knowing that that's not something that everyone gets to do and so it's like jobs are soul sucking regardless if you're in the industry or not (laughs) yeah right and so for a while i had to talk to my therapist and i was like is it me am i (laughs) soulless yeah right no you're not you're fine everyone goes through this my job is soul sucking i was like you don't get to say that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's that's great Uh, look, hey guys, this, I'm sorry, this free Zoom session is about to end. I did oh, not no. pay for the upgrade. So I just have one closing question for you okay, guys. Okay, great. This has been great. Do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Nick, very much. We Thank like you. you. so much. I, I like lo- you. I don't know. Dunbar doesn't look like he likes you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Nick. I love you guys, love man. You guys. We like, we have such crushes on you and Muriel. We do. We have a couple you're our favorite. We, you're and our you guys favorite. are very weird. You're very weird about it, Nick. And it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Uh, also, I will say, um, I don't know if it was like an offhanded comment or something pointed, but Muriel came back from hanging out with you guys. I think she was re- recording a podcast with you guys. And she was like, Dunbar encapsulated our podcast perfectly. He said, um, you know, it's a podcast about navigating our modern dystopia or whatever. And we've been saying that. That's how we start every episode. <laughs> For either be, I don't know, like, well, I don't even know what the energy was. Like if you were like, if it was pointed or what, but it's it made oh, an wow. impact. And now we, 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 we just stole it from you. So yeah, I don't even remember. Oh. You could have just not said anything. 
<laughs> no, I always make it a point to eventually tell the person whose st- jokes I stole. <laughs> I think it's apropos, though. One, to give a shout out, I know we're running out of time. Yeah. Your podcast is great. Uh, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having us on. Yeah, board. what a treat. We think this show, we listen to the show, genuinely listen to it, and we're like, we know you. <laughs> I know. It is, friends. it is. That genuinely is so mind blowing to me because we all know people <laughs> that do a billion things, you know? Yeah. And, like to actually have a friend in this city listening or watching anything that we make is so powerful and meaningful so thank you well listen to my podcast has turned into the new hey do you want to come to my improv show yeah Yeah. right (laughs) yeah and And the answer is mostly no no Mm. most of the time no yeah and i'm always amazed that people we have a pod i have a podcast that jenna is on called the list show check us out at the list show.com uh at the list show on instagram and twitter uh and uh she uh uh I'm always amazed that someone actually sits down and listens to the whole thing. And I get yeah. people like texting me. I'm sure you guys do too. And you're like, you listen to it. Sometimes yeah. you guys are complaining about something and I want to give you advice. And then yeah. I remember <laughs> that like, it's technical stuff. It's like when you did the bidet episode and I wanted <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. like, Oh, well you needed. And then I realized like, Oh, this was recorded three weeks ago. And <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, and with that in mind, I have no idea when this episode will come out. So. <laughs> I want to thank Dunbar and Jenna for doing the show. So great to have them. Again, you can find The List Show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Dunbar is also an incredible director, and he did a, this remarkable uh, web series with my friend Shara. It's called Fix Your Life. You can find Fix Your Life on YouTube. You can find Jen on Instagram at Jen Jen Do It Again. We must thank Mark Lutwak for this theme music. You can find more of Mark's music at theclineparty.com. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. Thank you so much, Mark. It's rocking. We love you, baby. Mark David Christensen, and together we host Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast. The show dedicated to the half demon hero, brought forth by writer artist Mike Mignola and published by Dark Horse Comics. Each week, we discuss everything Hellboy, plus his expanded universe with the BPRD, Abe Sapien, Lobster Johnson, and many more. That's Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.